0: Welcome to How to Get a Job College Student Edition, the podcast for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights from students who have completed the Mastering College to Career Mentoring Program, networking opportunities, and unique insights from industry thought leaders. So if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place.
1: Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Today I have AJ Eckstein with me today, and AJ is a master at so many things, but not only is he an amazing top-rated podcast host of the final round, and not only did he start a career coaching uh, company called Career Coaching Company, but it's like a freaking brilliant name. I'm so jealous, to be quite honest with you, Uh, but he also is an amazing individual that I've gotten to know a lot lately when I was a guest on his podcast.
0: And AJ, so excited for you to be here, man. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's it's uh, definitely interesting to be on the other side of the table, getting interviewed on your podcast because I just had you on the final round last week. But it's uh, it's great to be here and excited to dive into another conversation. Now, AJ, I, I'm really excited uh, to talk to you because as I was kind of going through
1: this and I even uh, gave you me like a curveball, I said, hey, I don't have any questions for you. This is gonna be really conversational. But what I was extremely impressed by you not not what you've done in the last couple of years, which is extremely impressive by any means. It was more about how career orientated you were from earlier on, right? Like uh, you had five internships, right? Yes. Like, tell me, when did you like realize, okay, like, hey, internships, being involved on campus, like doing all these things, it's important for me to stand
0: out. Like, or was that what you're thinking? Or like who... Who mentor you, man? Like who? Like what? Well, I would, I would first. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the for the kind words. And, and it's funny because you know I think especially on LinkedIn, all you see is the successes, right? But what you don't see is all of the hardships, the challenges, the the grueling work work it takes to get there, and also who someone was prior to really starting on that journey. Um, and I think that you know two of my biggest mentors. I know you know you and I, Daniel, spoke on on my podcast about the importance of mentorship. My first two mentors always will be my parents. And I've learned so much for them and how hard they have worked over the years and still continue to work and and just building that work ethic. But I I don't think I was, I've been someone throughout my entire life who was always ambitious. I think now my friends almost think I'm probably too ambitious in anything that I do. I try to be the best. I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, moderation is for cowards. And you have to go out and and put yourself out there. And if, you know, I think if you're doing anything, you should strive to really be be the best. And I think that when I was in high school, I was going through the motions. I found school relatively easy. I was an average student getting around a 3.0. It was nothing crazy. And I wasn't super interested in going to a four-year off the bat. Everyone was so competitive in my high school. And I said, I'll just go to community college. And then fast forward to when reality set and all my friends and my peers at school were getting into these amazing four-year institutions. And I was going to community college and it was uh, definitely a pretty negative stigma, my school to go to community college. And I believe Daniel, you went to community college as well, correct? Yeah. So, you know, ended up going to community college and did not know what I wanted to do, but thankfully I was able to get on something called the Trojan Transfer Plan um, where, you know, USC basically said, I like your application, but you need a little bit more work go to community college and try to do your best and reapply. So I use that as as really my silver lining to say, you know what, I could do so much more with my life. I feel like there is some untapped potential and a flip really just switched when I was at community college. If, you know, obviously Daniel, you went to community. I call community college like high school without without a social life. Your friends are gone. There was so much FOMO. I saw on Instagram, on Snapchat, my friends having the time of their life and building their careers at amazing four-year institutions. And I felt like I was just backtracking, getting getting stuck. I don't know if you felt that way, Daniel, but for me, it was, it was not the best experience at community college. So I put my head down and I said, you know what? I'm going to get a perfect GPA because I don't want to leave anything, um, you know, I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't want to have any reason why they shouldn't accept me. So I put my head down, ended up getting a 4.0. And then throughout all of that free time, I said, let's try to make some money. So when I do start at school, I actually can have some money to spend and I can start supporting myself. So I worked multiple minimum wage jobs Uh, as a busser. I was a server. I was a food runner. I've worked 12 to 15 hour days running, you know, food running 10 miles at different locations and learned all about hard work, customer service. And if anyone's worked in the food industry listening, it is a grind. And I learned about you know, how to, you know, be nice to people, be nice to waiters and to take a lot of crap thrown at you when you're when you're in the food business. So I ended up getting to USC. And I always felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. I felt that coming in as a sophomore, I already was a year behind. So I had to be even more extroverted than the next person. If I was at Starbucks at the library, I was in class, I met everyone. And that's why I think I'm such a good networker today. My friends Always laugh that I'm a, the best networker ever. If you can't find me, you can't reach me, I'm networking because I love, really do love meeting people. It's because I was a transfer student, you have to go meet people. And then second, I would say is that I always felt like I had a chip on my shoulder, something to prove. So I was always trying to do more than the next person. And I found very early on that I was not able to get a 4.0 at USC because it was just very, very challenging. What I found my success in was getting involved, whether it was through company internships or whether it was through on-campus involvement. So I know that was a long answer and we could definitely dive into any part of that uh, you want, Daniel, but that's kind of my, my backstory before diving into that road of trying to be as ambitious as possible.
1: I think there's a lot of commonalities in your story and mine. Uh, there's differences, of course, in the sense that I went to, uh, I, if it wasn't for the, the, the community college having a guarantee acceptance into UCF, I would have not gone in, um, but I can relate to you when you talked about when you got to uh, the four-year institution, right, or in your scenario, you at USC, uh, how you felt behind and you felt like you had to catch up, and therefore, you kind of went above and beyond on the networking aspects and the involvement side of it uh, to try to kind of make up the lost ground, and I guess what I wanted to kind of like dive into this more is, it's just that, uh, how do you, how do we create that mindset? If if I'm a student, I'm listening to this and I feel like I'm behind, whether it is transferring from community college to a four-year university, whether it is my friends already have jobs and I'm still in the job search process, like whether it is my friends have internships, I didn't have a summer internship, like whatever it is and you're feeling behind compared to what you should be. um, What I've noticed that you did and I ended up doing the same thing was I took that feeling and use it as motivation and fuel and use it as I actually need to make up for that. And then not only that, that, that helped you make up for lost time, but that compound interest of those relationships, that compound interest of you being involved, that compound interest of you actively looking for internships has now created this separation where if you look, if, if I look back or if I look at your profile and I look at like the average student, you are nowhere near the average student. Like to me, you're at least five years ahead
0: of the average college grad. Um, and I think that started at that moment. I would say the, the biggest piece of advice I could share on that, on that note, if you feel like you're behind, is first of all, that everything takes time, right? You could say that someone maybe freshman year was, a, you know, quote unquote, ahead of me. But I truly believe, and I had a LinkedIn post about this a few weeks ago, that I think everyone is climbing their own mountain. Obviously, it's competitive out there. And there's only so many people that fit on a certain summit, whatever that mountain may be. But I could be super complacent where I'm at right now. I work in strategy consulting. And for a lot of my peers, that is what they consider they've made it. And they're super happy about that. And they want to continue their career. And that's what I'm doing as one part of my job, as well as a ton of other stuff in the career space, because it's what makes me happy, what makes me passionate. I've always been someone who wants to just do more, do more. I feel like I'm constantly fueling, this energy that I've I've had, you know, over these, especially these last few years where I want to continue to challenge myself. And Daniel, you spoke on, on my podcast, The Final Round, and you said that if you don't keep challenging yourself, you flatline, yeah. right? And I, I think a big part of my life, especially, is I love to run. And I think with running, you could, you know, there's a lot of metrics that you can track. And I don't just continue to run two miles. I continue to set goals for myself and then start competing in races. And I I recently just completed an Olympic triathlon. So I think you need to continue to raise your own bar, but know that your bar is different than someone else and don't chase someone else's dream. I learned that very early on. My dad is an ER doctor. And he said very early on that you don't have to be a doctor. If you want to go in the space, you know, I'll support you. But if not, that's totally fine. And I said, I, you know, I've shadowed him at the, at the, emergency room at the hospital. And it's, you know, kudos to the doctors out there. But for me, it was never my passion. And I know that that's a huge mountain to climb with med school and finishing school at 30. For me, I had my own mountain. So, so the first thing is doing some self-reflecting and really, truly understanding what it is that you want to accomplish because no one is behind or head. You're on your own path. And then second of all is what can you do to get to that, you know, that pinnacle of success, wherever that success may be, and trying to find people who, are, are either currently climbing who are ahead of you or who are on the summit and then asking them for advice, right? Why would you fall into your own pitfalls if you can avoid that and learn from people who are ahead of you? So I would say that for me, it was a big part of self-reflecting. And what I learned early on is when I, again, when I went to USC, I put my head down and I'm like, I'm gonna get a 4.0 at USC. And in the Marshall School of Business, I, I quickly learned that you're not just competing for the best grade, like as in, I wanna get hundred percent on this exam. But you actually can get a 50% on the exam and get an A because it's, you're taking the average of everybody and you have to do better than the average. So everyone can bomb on the exam as in 40%. and If you get 50%, that's an A. Um, What I learned very quickly is there are very, very brilliantly, uh, brilliant students at USC and I was not able to compete academically at the 4.0 level. So what I did is I said, I looked at my resume and I basically said, how could I compete? And I think a lot of people get involved junior and senior year. And I think that is the biggest mistake because it's really almost too late. So, if you're someone who's young, I would say get involved as early as possible. And again, don't chase someone else's dream of doing, uh, you know, becoming a president of this club or president of that club. You know, maybe start your own club. And that's what I did. I got rejected by a ton of the quote unquote most prestigious consulting clubs out there who wanted people who came freshman year who didn't like transfers wanted people with perfect SAT scores, almost treated it like a very tough consulting company recruitment process. I said, screw that. You don't want me. I'm going to prove you wrong. Again, going back to that initial mindset of always sending a chip on my shoulder. And I started a club. And I didn't just start a club, but I'm half Mexican. My mom's from Mexico City. I was telling you before this, Daniel. And I've always had a passion for helping those who didn't have a ton of support. And obviously I have a soft spot for transfer students because I'm a transfer student. I think people don't realize that when you come in, You already are behind, so you need to get ahead. And then also people who from underrepresented backgrounds, I know Mastering College to Career, you focus on that, Daniel, helping people who are first-generation college students who come from families where maybe you don't have the financial means. And that's what we did. So we created an organization called the Latino Business Student Association because there was no presence at USC for Latinx business students. And in the span of a month, I treated it as, as in my head, I wanted to make the most successful organization on campus. Uh, got from zero to about 180 members in one semester, uh, went out and cold called all of these prestigious companies to the point where we got tons of sponsorship money. Every company was knocking on our door and every student wanted to join our organization because we were hosting the greatest events and all our members were getting jobs. So I've always, I think that's where I started my passion for career development. And I've continued that obviously after I graduated.
1: And so much you just shared. It's Aj, I man, it's awesome. Like, really, really awesome. Like, um, just want to highlight some of the things that I took away from this. That I, I, I hope that you at least listening to this, uh, you took away. Uh, one, you have control. You have well. One thing that you said early, early on this this call was that everybody's path is different, right? Everybody's mountain is different, and I think that's so awesome. And I uh, because it is so true. And um, and what I consider success is different than what you consider success is different than every single client that I've worked with, which is hundreds, if not thousands, right. Has a whole different, different, uh, differential of what their dream job is. And that to me is beautiful because it allows all of us to be able to get our dream job. Now, the second thing uh, you talked about is just the timeline. And I think, I don't know if you, if, um, if you know what I'm about to say or not, like if, if you've ever heard this or not, but, um, I, I like watching track track uh, trash tv like tv that's just like really bad like uh keeping up with that kardashian is one of those shows that i watched i used to watch more not anymore but with my wife because it's one of those shows that i could work and watch because i don't have to really follow through what's going on and i remember watching like the first 15 seasons of keeping up with that kardashian where um one of the sisters dated this guy named scott for like 11 years and he always wanted to marry her. And she like, like, oh, I don't want marriage. Marriage is not for me, blah, 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 blah. And literally like a month ago, she just got engaged with her boyfriend of 11 months. And there was this meme on Instagram, that like, literally I cracked up. I literally shared it with my wife and it says, don't let time be your enemy. Uh, Travis, I think Travis is her new fiance. Travis did what Scott, Travis did what in 11 months, what Scott couldn't do in 11 years. And It really hit me to say, man, when you think we're behind, it's just a matter of perspective. Like we we might not be behind after all. Like we might just be approaching it differently and there might be better ways to do it and things that you learn. And to your point, bringing it back full circle to your story, you got rejected from the student organizations and most people could have just given up. Most people would have given up. Like, and you said, you know what, I'm going to create my own and I'm going to, do it on what I know best. And I'm going to cater it to who, who I am. And you went from getting rejected to creating the largest, having amazing employers, getting sponsorships. That's incredible, right? Like, and so like, I think there's a lot of what you do. And I think we share this mindset. It's like you have internal or external locus of control. Um, and if you have never heard of that concept, please YouTube it. Um, But if if you are looking at life and you say, oh, I can't get a job because of the economy or I can't get a job because it's raining outside or I can't get a job, whatever it is, and you're blaming external factors, the government, the economy, corona, uh, the pandemic, like, you know, anything, then if you're thinking that you can't do that because of an external factor, sure, those things affect you, no doubt about that. But if that's the only reason why you can't get a job, then you're looking at this wrong. And then when something good that's happened to you, you're gonna think it's luck versus if you have internal locus of control, everything good that happens to you is because of your hard work, but everything bad that happens to you is because of you as well. And when I think about you, you're like the definition of grit. You're the definition of internal locus of control. Fine. I couldn't get accepted to that university I wanted to. What can I do to control the outcome? I couldn't get accepted to this uh, club. What can I do to control the outcome? And if there's one thing that I want anybody listening to this episode to take away is you have more control than you think you do. And this applies to your career. Even if you didn't go to a target school, even if you don't have the GPA, even if you don't have five internships today, you can still get ahead. You can still figure out a way to get ahead in the future and you can still get a great job.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, obviously, so much, so much to to unpack there. But I think I'll I'll dive into one of the parts you said about luck. And I don't know if you listened to the podcast from Guy Raz called How I Built This, but it's probably one of my favorite podcasts that I I take a lot away. And basically, for the listeners out there, Guy Raz, amazing uh, podcast host, and he interviews very successful entrepreneurs who started huge businesses to talk about how I built this. And the last question of every episode is always how much of your success you attribute to luck versus um, just your own experience. And I've always thought about that question. If I was on the podcast and it'd be a dream to be on his podcast, and if I was asked that question, and obviously there are different levers that happen over life. There are different circumstances that you can't control. Obviously no one expected COVID and there's a lot of changes there, but I think that everyone should put themselves in a position where they can get the most opportunity. So if you are not someone, for instance, who was actively posting on LinkedIn, I'd say that that's missed opportunity. If you're not someone at work who is raising their hand and diving into other teams and doing additional work, and maybe today you can't get rewarded, but in the future, you never know what could happen, especially in consulting, as you constantly change from one project team to the next, one client account to the next, you have to be someone who's well-known at these companies. And also just... Going out and making your own opportunities, I've, some of my best, you know, internships that I've had over the years didn't exist. I was the first intern at multiple companies. I didn't apply to an internship that existed. I went out to a company that was a target company of mine, and I would love to work there. And I explained the value add that I can bring and explain their strategic priorities that I could research online and said, let me, let me tell you why it would make business sense to hire me as an intern. And that's what I did. And I create a lot of opportunities that, that don't exist. I was like, to me, you're the definition of someone that creates their
1: own luck. And I I am a strong believer that every single person can create their own luck. And I think it's like, there's no doubt that there's things outside of our control that affects us. There's no doubt that COVID could have a huge impact on you, that where you were born has a huge impact on you. I get it. Look, if you're listening to me, I, I, I get it. Hear me out. My like, I can tell you a whole sad story about my dad dying when I was three, me moving here with $2,000 and two, two suitcases. But how you see it, if you can, if you think inside and you say, you know what, I can create my own luck. I might not have the perfect environment right now, but how do I create that environment? I truly believe you're going to be better off. Like, the number one indicator of success is not your GPA, is not your IQ, is not your EQ, it's grit, right? It's perseverance. And I just want to make sure that people listening to the learn that because AJ, you are the definition of that, my friend. And like, uh, I have no doubt. Like there, there's zero doubt in my mind that five years from now, you have reached the goal you want to like, I, like if you were a stock, right. And someone's listening to this, like, this is the, like, I would be like, bye, bye, bye. Right. Like, like I'm listening a lot to Gary V and how, uh, NFTs are going to change everything. I'm like, man, if AJ throws an NFT for the final round podcast, I promise you, AJ, I'll be one of the first persons to buy, if not the first person to buy it. Because there's no doubt, maybe this the final round podcast fails or or CCC failed, but I know that it like it won't because you're you're in, in there. And if that for some weird reason that's fail, the next thing you start won't like you, you won't fail. Like you might fail in the short term, AJ, but I know for the fact that you won't fail in the long term. And Man, I'm super proud to
0: just call you someone I know, man. <laughs> well, sir, it means so much, not just from the kind words, but someone from yourself who I obviously look up to as well and all the amazing accomplishments that you've that you've done over the years. But And definitely uh, everyone out there. I don't have an NFT yet. Maybe it's something to look into. I have a couple of friends in the crypto space. So, you know, TBD on the final round uh, NFT. But what I would say is that, you know, and I've thought about this as well in that, like in, in the dream circumstance, let's say that, my business explodes and I, let's say I sell it for a billion dollars tomorrow, I would never retire. I'm someone who I truly want to work till I die, not because I have to, because I want to stay busy and keep chasing that next goal. And I think that like, if you were to retire at 25, 30 years old, I would just really get bored. Obviously I'd take some time off to travel the world in a private jet. That sounds amazing, but I think that I would still work weekends. I think that I would still work late nights, not because I have to, but because I want to, because I think that time is obviously the most precious resource out there and I love to maximize it. So I'll give you an example. I think there are people out there who consider success as having a great nine to five job. They want a ton of work-life balance and they don't want to touch their computer on weekends. And I think that is great. That's their definition of success. For me, I think I still want a company that obviously values me when when I'm working full-time and I could do high impact work, but I want also a good work-life balance because I do a ton of stuff on the side, like the Find Around podcast. And I do a ton of work on the weekends, not because I have to, right? My friends think I'm crazy when, when it's Saturday night. And I'm like, hey, sorry guys, I have a podcast. I was looking out tomorrow. I need to edit it throughout the night. They think I'm crazy, but it's something that I am passionate about and where I get energy from. So of course, I'm not saying you should work your entire life, never go out and enjoy. I still love to travel. I love to go on surf trips and I love hanging out with my friends and family. But I really do love grabbing my computer and continuing to build and to innovate and to grow. That's for me where I get my most value. And also when you see the reward, not from a financial reward, but the impact side, and I'm sure Daniel, for you, like those success stories for me really hit home. If I get a text, a phone call, LinkedIn post thanking me for mentoring someone or thanking me for the final round podcast, I interviewed Daniel and they loved what you said about how you know, the, um, you know, a certain quote that you said, right, that to me hits home. And I can, I want more and more of that. That's kind of what I'm chasing is, is I want to make the biggest impact. I want to inspire the most amount of people. So for me, it's never been about the money. Obviously, I don't want to go broke doing what I'm what I love to do. But I really am chasing the the success of of my audience and, and trying to help as many people as I can.
1: Yeah, but if you even if your primary motivation is not monetary, right? The reality is the more people, the bigger the problems you solve, and the more people you help solve those problems, money's just gonna come to you, right? Like, uh, I even think about who the richest person in the world today, um, Elon Musk. I if I say I'm terrible with names, but I think I got it close to right, right? But I think, I think got everybody it, yeah. here can anybody listening to this can probably figure out who I'm talking about, right? I think about him he is his I'm sure he likes money, right? But that's not his primary motivation. And by trying to solve the biggest problems, both, you know, Tesla with electric vehicles and SpaceX, right? Which trying to make uh, humankind multiplanetary planetary uh, species. He's now the richest person that's ever lived, you know, with over $200 billion net worth. And that's just a correlation of the problems that you solve. So they're like, to me, like whether you're motivated by money or not, and, and you're as passionate as you are about the impact, you're gonna find it right. And I, and I think again, you're gonna create that and create that luck. And I think that to me is like the theme of the episode. Like it's up to you, the listener, to say, okay, what do I want to do with my life? What what is my definition of success? Right. And that for you is working weekends. Maybe for me is about maybe having that work-life integration. There are to me, it's different, right? To me, I'll have some weeks where I'll work 70, 80 hours. And then I'll have some other weeks where I will work 20 hours, right? And I love having that flexibility to be able to do that and not have to have like, only work three days a week. And then some other days work more like it's just like, uh, it's the beautiful thing about life, right? And what I love and and I hope people really learn from you, man, is that just create your own
0: luck, create your own luck. Create, go out, go out, and I always say this: if if you don't have doors in front of you of opportunities, go to Home Depot, buy a hammer, buy wood, and literally build your own door, right? If you don't, if you're not getting accepted to any internships or or jobs, go out and find new opportunities, right? Especially for startups, I, I always say this: they startups are overlooked, especially ones that if you want more security go to the venture-backed companies or venture-backed startups that have funding and they can hire. Go out, do some due diligence on them, do some research, see what their biggest problems are, see what your biggest skills are and strengths. Go out and literally pitch yourself. Guess what? There's no competition. Why? Because the position doesn't exist and you shoot at enough companies to the point where you'll get a couple of interviews and maybe you'll get the job. So I, I do believe that you can create your own luck to an extent. And I also think going back to the Elon Musk example for a second, I think from afar, if you looked at him like a job applicant, his resume is very confusing, Yeah. right? He built a flamethrowing company. He built the boring company where he, you know, digs essentially holes underground. He built a, a space company, he built a car company. Like if I was a hiring manager recruiter, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? This is confusing. But how he ties everything together and what you everyone listening, especially the, the job seekers listening, you need to tie that thread that silver lining through your resume through your story especially when you work in different industries versus having you know five banking internships where it's easy to understand is he is motivated by something and what that something is is helping mankind so every single business that he starts or focuses on or dives into helps mankind and you can understand why they're in different industries because it's helping mankind so i think for everyone out there if you can find early on and it will change but start today and, and ask yourself, what is your story? What is your brand? What is your superpower? What are you pursuing? And then everything will tie together and will make sense versus having a very confusing you know, career path of jumping from one job to the next in different industries.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I can't believe it's been over 30 minutes. So um, AJ, I, before we wrap it up, um, we'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about uh, your company, your podcast, and everything else that you
0: do. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how much how much time we have because like oh, I said, we have I, time. So just, just go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. So so like I said, I, I like to be involved in a lot of things, and you know, a funny analogy that I like to give m- myself is I'm I'm like a shark, not in the the sense that you would think. But if sharks stop swimming, they die, and I think that I'm someone like I'm literally standing up doing this podcast interview. I like to stand up. I like to stay moving, and I'm always trying to do that next thing to continue to grow and to elevate and to self-improve. So I would say the main thing uh, right now is uh, I'm a strategy consultant at a large uh, consulting company. And that's kind of my my focus, my day job, helping clients solve problems. And then on the side, I, I'm the founder of The Final Round, which is a part podcast and also going to be a new career platform uh, for all job seekers out there. We're going to have a podcast, we're going to do a deep dive into short form and long form video creation. And that is, uh, st- stay tuned for that, but it will be the, the final round.com and should be live in the next few weeks. It's going to be an amazing job source. And then also founding the career coaching company where we have amazing coaches from the consulting and bank, the top consulting and banking companies who help students one-on-one break into those dream, those dream jobs. So I would say that's kind of my main focus. And then also now uh, really have dedicated a lot of time to writing and being very creative and again, helping people in that free fashion. So trying to, to, you know, chase after Daniel. I don't know how you do it, Daniel, about daily content creation on LinkedIn. I've, I'm getting better, but it's still really difficult and trying to, you know, build my brand there. And and I love posting content because every day when I do post content, I'm putting myself out there and you'd be surprised for everyone listening. I think I have, I don't know, 10, 11,000 followers. You think it's probably so easy, but there's still some posts where they're on the fence and I know they're going to spark a debate or they're about my personal life. And I'm I'm not sure if it's gonna hit or I'm not sure if it's going to be a good post and, and you're still chasing engagement and likes and comments but again it's the impact that I'm really trying to chase and, and it's the inspiration that that I want to focus on so that's what I've been up to and I'm happy to dive into any of those if, if you want Daniel
1: yeah yeah know oh, man I'm gonna share I, I love your LinkedIn so I'm definitely going to share the link to the podcast um, in our show notes especially I'm even going to, I'm gonna tag the episode that I did. So that my audience could get introduced to you through me right um and then i'll put the linkedin profile but uh i would love to learn a little bit more about the new vision for the final round so is ccc going away is the career coaching company kind of like going to be like a,
0: not as the priority as much as the the, the final round yeah so great question and, and really happy that you brought that up so you know the ccc is not going away for good uh, we're just putting a pause on it, especially as we're kind of out of the recruitment season right now. It's a little bit right. of a slower time period. It gets very cyclical. <clears throat> and what I've realized is that I think paid career coaching is great, but it's always difficult to sell a coaching package, even though we have literally 100 percent success rate. Right? We place all of our all of our clients. It's something where it's just it's a lot of work. And I think we can help more people in the free fashion. So our new vision, what we're working on right now, and we have a team around us that is. As passionate, if not more passionate than me, which is so exciting, is called thefinalround.com. We just secured the domain. We're building the website. And the podcast is just one initiative. We also are going to do a deep dive into short form and long form video creation. We'll have a blog. We'll have a newsletter. And we're going to have some very detailed free resources on the site and how to break into these extremely competitive industries. But I think what we realized and kind of the problem we're solving is typical career content is boring and it's very generic and it's given by people who never worked in the industries that they're actually talking about we're taking those pain points and flipping them and saying that it's going to be very fun we're going to make you enjoy getting a job i actually looking back i I wish i can go back and and reprove myself in the job recruitment process because i learned so much along the way we want to share our wisdom it's going to be fun it's going to be tailored to what you're applying to so not just a blanket you know, career advice approach to that. I think a lot of other platforms out there do, but tailored to the industry that you're applying to. And we're we'll going to be starting with consulting and banking because that's what we know best and then kind of expand. And then it's, it's completely free, right? So giving, trying to give back and trying to democratize free, high quality and tailored career advice. I love it. I love it. I can't wait for, uh, to share it, uh, to see it and then be able to share it with the audience,
1: man. Uh, love what you're doing, AJ. Uh, I really appreciate you being a guest in the show. Uh,
0: thank you so much, my friend. Awesome. Pleasure was all mine. And I'll probably have to have you back on for another episode in the future. Love it. You've been listening to How to Get a Job, College Student Edition. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. And if you use Spotify, go ahead and give us a follow so you'll be notified whenever we upload. Until the next time, catch you guys on the next episode.